Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, a Pokemon so cool, we decide to become motorcycles. Vroom, vroom, vroom. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you this week. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Embracer Group's absolute takeover of the video game industry. And then on Thursday, we are exploring the sixth years of every console generation, every Nintendo console generation, certainly. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Patrick. Yeah. Can I wish you a happy birthday, Eve? Sure. Yes. I Happy mean, birthday. We record. Th- thank you. We record this episode the day before it comes out, obviously. Uh-huh. So it's it's uh, a little strange to get a happy birthday eve on the eve of my happy birthday eve. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? I, I 100% know what you mean. I mean, at this point, it feels like an unbirthday, right? <laughs> well, happy unbirthday for that as <laughs> and well. And then. a happy unbirthday to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, that's actually, do you know what? That's all I was fishing for the whole time. <laughs> and you got it. <laughs> I know. You nailed it, it, it Mark. Well done. Perfectly. Well done. Uh, it's true. My birthday is on Wednesday. Um, and have I set up any plans yet? Have I? Uh, I'm thinking about maybe I should get some people together for like dinner on Friday night. Nice. Do you want to go somewhere Friday night? I'll be out of town. You'll be out of town. That's right. I know yeah. that already. Um, all right. Well, then, no, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll just let people borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, you should get on the list in order to do that. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. We'll give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. There may be, as kind of a joke, but it's also just part of the thing, a copy of Untitled Goose Game inside a box that says Sonic Forces on the outside. It doesn't just say it. I didn't like do it. It's not like on there in like Sharpie or anything. It's a real box that's a Sonic Forces game was sold in. That may be there. It's not uh, It's not a problem. It is a little bit of a joke, but it's not a joke. Um, and uh, you just play it for as long as you want. You send it back. back. I pay for postage both ways. It's a perfect program. Can I ask, has anyone, have you received feedback of any kind from somebody who received uh, Untitled Goose Game and was either elated or disappointed? Or is it just kind of like you send it out. I send it out. There's radio silence for however long there is. And then yes. it's just like returns to you one day. Here's the thing. I refuse to hear feedback about the Sonic Forces <laughs> borrowing program. I already know it's perfect. What am I going to get? Notes from someone no, who's participating true. in it no, for the first no, time? It's a good point. I've been administering this program for five years, I, Mark. Like, it's, it's, I don't, what, we're going to get notes that are going to improve it now? I don't think so. I feel sheepish for asking. Um, Sorry, I'm so combative because birthdays are hard. <laughs> This is a big one too. This is this is forty for me. Oh yeah. So you know that's a, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. So I become a little morose around my birthdays usually, and part of that is just from like the social pressure of like you should do something and have all your friends get together. Right. You know the people who don't normally hang out together, and you would be like the the sole fulcrum of like attention. <laughs> what are you going to make them talk to each other? They don't know each other. They don't have anything in common. All of this, of course, is to say the Sonic Forces Browing program perfect still program. perfect. Perfect program. And no feedback so far on Untitled Goose Game that we're aware of. That's right. Here's another thing you can do. And maybe... Here's this, feedback we like. That's right. And possibly the perfect birthday gift for Patrick. You can leave us a five-star review on US, on the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcast. We appreciate it so much, even when it's not Patrick's birthday. It helps people find the show. Uh, we love reading your reviews. We've had like a string of really thoughtful, kind reviews, which uh, we, of course, appreciate so much. Thank you to everyone who's left, left, left us a five-star review. If you do it on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it. We'll give you a shout-out on the show as our way of thanking you. But if you leave us a review anywhere else or you share the show in some other way, we still want to thank you. We still appreciate we it. We want to thank you so bad. Yeah, it, there is nothing we would love more than to thank you 
for sharing the show or helping people find the show. So if you do that and it's not on the US Apple Podcast Store, we still want to thank you. So hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, let us know so we can give you a shout out. And maybe you're letting us know uh, just in our Discord, which you can join if you email us or hit us up on Twitter. We are happy to invite you into the Discord. Discord is alive with conversation about Mario Kart, about Splatoon, about all sorts of Nintendo stuff, sometimes some not Nintendo stuff. We try to keep it focused, right? We try to keep it focused and on track, uh, but we have a great time in there. It's a, a bunch of cool, fun people uh, having great conversations about Nintendo. So get in there and join that conversation. And just your occasional reminder that you don't need to be a Discord ex- Discord expert right. in order to enjoy it or join. You can be a total novice. You can have no Discord account of any kind. And if you've used, and again, you don't have to be a Slack expert either, but if you've ever used Slack in your life and yeah. like your work life, Right, it's or like, like Teams. It's, it's very similar. Yeah. Any if if you if you have used like any chat client at all. That's right. And it's 2022. Uh-huh. But maybe maybe someone hasn't. Maybe someone's still calling up their friends on let the telephone. This, let this be your first. Let this be your first. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Now, we did record two episodes this last weekend about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe right here and now in this episode, but man, was I playing a lot of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe last week. Yeah, me too. Um, Sarah and I did a thing where to prepare for our ranking of the contiguous 48 tracks, we played a single like round of versus mode, Sarah and I and 10 computer players, um, 48 tracks in order starting at the beginning. And we raced over the course of two days. We broke it up, like, you know, put the switch to sleep and, like, picked it back up later. Um, And our standing at the end was so close going into the final track that it was, I was ahead by one point. That's, that's, I mean, that's so fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was super fun. But it means, like, it means that all the 47 races that came before it didn't matter. It all came down to this. It all came down to the last one. The stakes were high. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. I guess I was ahead by two points because I, I got first place in it, it, it's big blue is the last one, um, and I ended up winning that, uh, and she got second. So I, I beat her by five points out of like six hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It's it's insane. What an exercise! I've been playing a little bit of Way Race sixty four. Oh, which I, recently oh, released. Tell me, yes, uh, for Nintendo sixty four, Nintendo Switch Online. If you're an expansion pack member so this is my first time playing wave race 64 wow and it took me a like i i'm really enjoying it i don't know how much time i'm gonna put into it but like the half hour hour or so that i spent i really enjoyed um when at the f-zero game for nintendo 64 came out i played that and my review was this looks like butt mm-hmm. and wave race 64 i'm glad you're consistent on that by the way that that is always the terminology that you use is that it looks like butt and i would say f uh Wave Ray 64 looks like half butt. Like I don't know if we can continue. <laughs> like it's still it it Which half of a butt? Like a single cheek or like <laughs> the the like from from the bottom to the middle or from the middle to the top? I think it's like the middle to the top. It's like when That's the best part. It's like butt. when just a little bit is peeking, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh out a of, little plumber crack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. And that's that's I think my review of Wave Ray 64. <laughs> no, I um it It's got that water though. You, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. It looks very charming. Yes. Uh, whereas, like, the F-Zero game, which, I'm sorry, I can't remember what the subtitle is, but, like, the F-Zero game, I did not think it looked charming. But this, for whatever reason, like, with the uh, the water, which is not terrible, but also, like, it's really atmospheric with the fog. And um, it's, just a, it's just a lot of fun. I like that. And I like that, you know, there's, like, stormy weather. And it, there's one in the early races where... It starts out foggy, and then by the end, yeah, you know, less foggy. Less foggy. Now, when you're playing it on the handheld, it looks obviously way better than if you're playing it on the TV. But one thing I really liked about Wave Race 64, one, the music is amazing. Yes. And two, I like how it plays a little bit different from, like, a kart racer. And so I had to actually, like, learn how to control it. You're so at the mercy of the physics of the water throwing you around. Like, it's just, like, you have to... You have to really read the surface of the water as you're racing through it. And there's some buoys mm-hmm. uh, th- scattered throughout it that kind that are 
not necessarily like showing you the path, but if you get boosts, hmm. you build up boosts. If you, some of them say like L, some of them say right. So if you ride to the left of it or to the right of it, depending on the buoy, you build up these boosts. And as soon as you miss one, your boosts all go away. And then if you miss like a certain number of them, you retire from the race. Um, I don't know. It's just that like, I liked all those elements. The music is great. The atmosphere is awesome. It's, it's really fun. It's fun that each of the different, uh, I think there's like four different um, yeah, racers racers that you can choose from. And they all have different physics. Uh, one thing that is super hilarious, speaking of butts, is that at the end of the race, well, also, you know, you're getting this like view from behind, but the, the characters are constructed with so few polygons that they all have really, real, especially like the bigger guy, has an incredibly lumpy butt. Like oh it's yeah! Very funny. Oh yes, terribly lumpy butts, and you can do like one of the trick moves that you can do is make them do a handstand, uh, and it's in that moment that they look like paper dolls, <laughs> right? That they're just like, they, 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 when they're not anchored to the thing, you can really see the like the thinness of their bodies, like how, how they're sketched out. But yeah, it's I'm I'm really liking it. Uh, it's been fun to dabble with. Can I ask which of the four racers you do you remember? Like, was there yeah, main one guy you, you would the, go to? Yeah, the main the main guy, the 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 first one. He's like blue. Yeah, or yeah. green or whatever. He's like the kind of like the Mario of it. He has the most yes. like um, centered physics. I I've been playing as the the pink character. Um, I've have found that her physics like work for me the best. Ayumi but. Stewart. Yes. I just looked up the, the the characters' names are, are Ryota uh, Hayama, um, uh, Dave Mariner, <laughs> Ayumi Stewart, and uh, Miles Jeter. Hilarious! So those are the characters' names. Do do we even see their names in in the game itself? You do. Okay, you do. Okay. Yeah. Yep. When you're doing like the character select. So yeah, I've enjoyed Wave Race sixty four. Uh, one half butt from me. I've also been playing Kirby's Dream Buffet, which I've released also been last playing week. Kirby's Dream Buffet. I like it. Here's the thing. It's a tough hang online, right? Like, have you done much of the, I've the only online played, play? I only played two matches online, and they both were okay for me. I think I was really lucky. Yeah. I, I've, I think I've also played it twice online, um, and it, uh, like, stutters at best, and then, like, at worst is, uh, I guess, just a more extreme stutter. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't, like... The how smooth it is when you're playing it by yourself um, is like a stark contrast to me, or was was for me um, a stark contrast to playing it online. Yeah, it, it, my online experience was fine, but there doesn't really seem to be a ton of benefit to playing online because in offline mode you get the same seemingly yeah, number same of points. Rewards, and, yeah, and the rewards are costumes and new stages and stuff like that, but it doesn't really seem like there's much incentive to progress, which I, yeah. I feel like is probably like the, what'll make it short lived for me. I think it's cute. I have enjoyed playing it. I can see myself picking it up again, but yeah. I don't think it, I'm, it's going to be super addictive. Um, Cause it just feels a little slight. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels slight. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah, I'm glad I paid $15 for it instead of, you know, any, anything more, even kind of like 20, I would have been, I would have felt a little bit like, oh man, I could have used that 20 bucks. Um, and definitely not like a $40 game or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it, it is, it is kind of a, a slight experience. It is cute though. Like it is, it is very cute. Yeah. I'm hoping, and maybe because it's 15 bucks, like this is a fool's hope that, there's additional content or something like yeah. something on the way. I do like the way that the Grand Prix, if that's what they're called, are structured, where you have the race, a little mini game, another race, race the mini game, game, and yeah. um, you I guess sometimes you like don't really know who won until the very end well, when they're telling also, up the bonuses. It does the uh, Mario Party thing of like kind of awarding like uh, this person had the most cherries uh -huh. and this person spent the most time hovering, um, and then just like awarding those out. So yeah, it's it. it it is you don't know until like the the very very end is is the last event always the like the free for all battle i want to say no i think the last oh, event okay. also like ro ch rotates between the mini games okay okay um i i feel like the the two times i did it it was like race mini game race and then free for all battle i can't i honestly can't remember i, I mean i can't really remember either but it's an okay game i think it's i think it's fine yeah um mark i've been playing a little bit with my Game Boy Advance. 
And I did this because I was up in the middle of the night. I wanted something to play. And I was like, I want something that's not like, you know, I want something to do that wasn't staring at a screen. Yeah. And I understand that the Game Boy Advance is still a screen, but like, I just didn't want to be scrolling through Twitter or like ignoring a TV show. Right. Right. Like, the, the, those are the two things I didn't want to do. And I was like, oh, the Game Boy Advance, that's not backlit. That's not going to like screw up my uh, like sleep cycle. I'm not going to be exposed to that blue light. Um, and uh, well, being true, uh, it makes it very hard to see the the Game Boy Advance. I don't know how we did this back in the day. How do we how do we play these things? We, I mean, you struggled a lot. You, you struggle a you lot. You held it right up to a direct light source, or you waited for an SP. But like, also, you can't hold it up to a direct light source because then it's a glare on the screen. Yeah. Like you got to find the perfect angle where it is so bright in the room, but no light is shining directly on the screen. I didn't really. I I had an original Game Boy. Uh, Advance, but I did not really play a lot of Game Boy Advance until I got an SP. I mean, this Game Boy Advance is, I've got the, like, uh, the see-through purple one, um, is my launch Game Boy Advance. Like, this is, I've had this thing since 2001 or whenever uh, this thing came out. Um, and, you know, it's got, like, one little scratch on the screen, but, like, otherwise, it's in pretty good shape. Um, and so I started... and. Mind you, this was the middle of the night, so I'm going to uh, chalk some of my experience up to the fact that it was the middle of the night. Um, but I put Golden Sun on, a cartridge that I have, and a game that I've never really played more than like an hour or two of. Um, and Mark, tell you what, I fell asleep playing Golden Sun. <laughs> I, was, I was not sure which way the story was going to go. Be Be that I stayed up all night and right, loved it. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like when we've talked about Golden Sun in the past, I have not really yeah. played Golden Sun. When we've talked about Golden Sun in the past, you've been... Not super impressed. Right. And so right. I wasn't sure if this was like the turning this moment. Is, no, this is a continuation of that. But, 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 Mark, I have decided that I'm, go I'm going to play this game. Um, and so I've been spending 15 minutes or so, like every day, like just plugging away at it, making my way through it. I still don't love it. And I expect that to change at some point. But uh, for, for the moment, I still don't love it. Mark, the other thing that I was like, because I do love the Game Boy Advance. I love the way Game Boy Advance games look. Even Golden Sun, a game I'm not particularly enjoying, um, looks beautiful, and I love that aesthetic, and it's just like, I want to be able to play games like this GBA game uh, on hardware that actually makes sense for me to pull out in the middle of the night. Mark, I went ahead and ordered the Analog Pocket. Nice! Um, so this is the uh, piece of hardware from um, Analog um, that plays Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games with some adapters that can play other like handhelds, like uh, the, um, the, the Neo Geo Pocket or Sega Game Gear. And are those... Uh adapters from analog yes oh okay. yes um yeah analog is happy to sell you like all kinds of things <laughs> um and uh so i i ordered it and the dock uh so if i want to i can plug it in and play it on the tv like synced with an 8-bit dough controller um and it's gonna be a little bit before it comes to me uh i'm in the c group which means 2023 sometime so right around the time that the new switch comes out i don't know i'm making this up now um but yeah, I'm I've uh, and I'm gonna continue making my way through uh, Golden Sun on the GBA. But the beautiful thing about a cartridge is, then I just move it on over to the uh, the analog pocket because uh, all that saved data is on the thing itself. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That that thing, uh, the analog pocket looks so nice, and having the dock just seems so ideal to be able to play it on those yes. games on the TV. Um, I'm curious, what is your Game Boy and Game Boy Advance library like today, like cartridge-wise? Sure. Uh, well, so I don't have it all off the top of my head, but um, I have uh, a copy of Zero Mission that I believe Connor has right now. Um, Connor, do you have my copy of Zero Mission? I believe that you do. Um, maybe it's Fusion. I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> it's one or the other. Um, and then uh, I've got um, Minish Cap. I've got... Uh, uh, a, a Tetris game on the GBA. I've got a Golden Sun and one other like good GBA game. Well, the reason I ask is because like I don't have I I don't own any cartridges yeah. for like those systems, and so that's what held me back from having like full interest in analogs. It's like oh, and now I would have to start right start collection. collecting. Well, so the other thing is that uh, my buddy Ethan uh, recently moved 
uh, he was living in L.A. Now he moved up to Portland, and he was getting rid of a bunch of stuff, including a uh, classic like brick Game Boy and a library of like uh, eleven or twelve games, like four or five of which are actually quite good. Um, and I was like, "That's it. I need something to play these on." Uh, and like, I could play them on my Super Game Boy on the Super NT, um, uh, but. I'm like no, let's just get this analog pocket. And let's play, let's 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 play them all there. Very fun. So yeah, I've I've uh, this is all you know months and months down the line before I actually get the machine. But like yeah, I've I've got a little bit of a library, and I'm solicit like let me know what other GBA games I should be getting into, um, because I I'd like to just lean right into this and and have a great time with 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 the machine. Well, as someone who played Max Payne for the first time on the GBA port, ooh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the, into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. It's a quieter week for, well, a lot of new releases, not a ton that uh, I particularly want to shout out. Should we just go through a couple dates and just uh, randomly shout some stuff out sure let's let's do one from tuesday one from wednesday and then we each get to pick one from thursday okay so i'll do tuesday and i'll do wednesday switch is releasing uh, on switch are you smarter than a fifth grader is releasing now could that be fun it could be sarah when sarah and i were playing mario kart someone uh one of our one of my friends slash one of our listeners logged in and they were playing jeopardy and Sarah saw that someone was like starting to play Jeopardy, and she's like, "There's a Jeopardy game. Should we be playing Jeopardy?" So I don't know. Maybe are you smarter than a fifth grader? Obviously, a worse show than Jeopardy, but like, could be as good of a game, right? <laughs> yes, but yeah, totally. Um, and then on Wednesday, August twenty fourth, again my birthday, Blob Quest comes out on Switch. And then on Thursday, uh, on the eShop, Idol Manager's release. This is one that was in the sizzle reel during the most recent Indie World Showcase. Uh, and of course, Hidden Shapes, Black Skull plus Old West, which honestly, that sounds pretty That's dope. a pretty good title. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. And then on Friday, August 26th, uh, Pac-Man World Repack is released to fully complete Bandai Namco's Ms. Pac-Man Erasure. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Mama Pac-Man or whatever the what Pac-Mama is that what it is? I I can't remember. Pac-Mommy? That can't be right. That, that feels wrong. Um, repack. Does that track to you? Does, does that scan as like? Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it doesn't. But like, well, actually, I say that and I'm like, oh yeah, like repack. Sure, why not? <laughs> so no, but yeah, yeah, okay, I yeah. Get you. I'll, get you. I'll I'll live with it. And then also on Friday, the Nintendo Switch OLED model Splatoon Three Edition is released. Um, yeah, that's right. You still have to wait uh, another like week, two weeks, two I guess, weeks. for uh, Splatoon Three to actually come out. Um, but you can get the Switch model uh, a couple weeks earlier. Uh, all right, Mark. Let's close out the new releases. <laughs> Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of, of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark, and I'll talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. I don't know what Mark has in store for us That's here. right, Patrick. I have a special birthday treat for you. Oh, no. Let me ask you. Do you know what celebrities share your birthday? Do What's you know any celebrities that share your birthday? Celebrities that share my birthday. Yeah. Hmm. I, so there's someone like Rod Stewart. I don't think it's Rod Stewart, but someone okay. like that. And then I don't think it's Nicole Kidman, but someone like Nicole Kidman. Well, according to thefamouspeople.com, okay. here is a list of people that were born on August 24th. And the reason I'm saying that uh -huh. is... For two reasons. Right. One, you I have think not some of these are alive. I, I have not fact-checked <laughs> okay. any of these. Okay. And I have reason to believe. But you've sourced it. So I, it's I've fine. sourced it. That's yeah. right. I, I have not fact-checked any of these. And two, the list, the order they're in, I'm not going to read all of them because it's a very long list. But um, it's like people can go to this page and vote for their favorites oh. or like downvote them. And so that's the list in which they. That's the order in which they appear on this list. So it's like a crowdsourced ranking of people whose birthday is August 24th. Where am I on this list, Mark? <laughs> just, just tell me now. <laughs> All right. Right. Number one. Yeah. Rupert Grint. Did you know that Rupert Grint was born for uh, Ronald Weasley from mm. the Harry Potter films? Sure, sure, sure. Did you sure. know that? Uh, no idea. Okay. All right. 
All right. Dave Chappelle. Did you know? I did know okay, that Dave Chappelle. Yes, because, uh, yes, that's that's right. There was a, a time that I was applying for a Best Buy credit card <laughs> because to buy the, the computer that we're recording the show on right now. Uh-huh. And uh, I had to, like, give my information to the woman who was, and I said, uh, 824. Uh, and she said, oh, like Dave Chappelle. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like that she knew that. Yeah. Here's another one for you. Yeah. Rocky Johnson. Who is uh, uh, Dwayne the Rock? He's a Canadian professional wrestler and Dwayne oh. the Rock Johnson's father, born on August twenty fourth. Oh, so but he's Rocky Johnson. Yes, and his son is the Rock. Yes, it's weird. Chad Michael Murray. I feel like that's how you like name a, a legacy sequel to a movie that's originally called Rocky. Oh, for sure. Like it's it's a surprise that uh, the new Rocky movies. One of them isn't just called The, the Rock. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it was about, like, Rocky's son or something, it might be. Right. But that's, like, what Creed is. Well, no. It's Apollo Creed's son. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know who Chad Michael Murray is. <laughs> you don't know who Chad... I'm showing you a picture. Okay. I think I think you do. Once I... Um, 90s, like, heart, heartthrob uh, definitely was on some WB or CW show. Okay. Like, One Tree Hill or something okay, like cool. that. Okay, cool. I... I think you're playing it cool, but I think you know. I don't know who it who is. It is. Uh, Vince McMahon. Okay. Disgraced former CEO of, of WWE. So yep. far. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, Hideo Kojima. No way. That, Are that, you, you're, you're pulling my chain right now. No. I mean. Th- that's you don't what, have to show me. I that's, what the, that's what the famouspeople.com <laughs> wow. says. But again, I haven't sourced it, so wow. I don't know for sure. Um, I mean, it would be see. just like Hideo Kojima to put out a fake birthday online. <laughs> it would be. And let the internet... Uh, tell the lie over and over again. Oscar winner Marley Matlin. I don't know who that is. Okay, another one. I think you do. Marley you Matlin. Uh huh. Okay. Nope. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. She was upvoted to number uh, eleven. Uh, Carlo Gambino, an Italian American kingpin of the famous Gambino crime family. Please don't tell me who. Uh, Carlos Gambino. Carlo. <laughs> Carlo Gambino. Of course. Of course. Of course. I. Of course. Uh, I know who. How he is. much time do we have left? We have some. We this is you've never asked this. Before. No, no, no. Okay, the the, re, the reason I'm asking is yes. because I uh, originally now I'm going to do a little little bit of shaming. Oh, okay. Steve Gutenberg had to put that out there. Oh, great. I'm going to do a little bit of shaming. Um, so first I just Googled it, and Google has like a list that yeah. it generates itself, but it's including people who are not born on August 24th. And so I got super excited that I was like, "What? Tim Burton born on August 24th? No." Tim Burton, born on August 25th. Mark Hamill, born on, born on August 24th? No, born on September 25th. Get it together, Google. What's happening? I don't know. It's, it's a whole list of, like, George Clooney's in this list from Google. He was born on May 6th. Huh. Huh. Check your... Oh, here's one who is okay. born on August 24th that I wanted to um, make sure we didn't miss. Kenny Baker, R2-D2 himself. Oh, my gosh. Woo-woo-woo. All right, Mark. Thank you for for that list of uh, people who were born on my birthday, um, or whose birthday I was born on. If I was born after them, Patrick. What? It's your day. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we were accompanied today by Cage Against the Machine. Mark, let's get into the news. The Embracer Group, an enormous holding company that we talked about most recently for buying uh, Eidos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and Crystal Dynamics from Square Enix a few weeks ago, made some major acquisitions last week. They um, announced a huge like spending spree where they gobbled up a lot of stuff, including limited run games. Yeah. Um, it k- kind of, uh, it's... It's weird to see their like reach extend beyond just software. Yeah, right. Like, and studios that make that software, um, that they're now like, uh, no, now also limited run games as well. Which is also, uh, do you think that changes limited run games' operations? I at think all, it or? has to because why? Or it seems unlikely to me that a group that a company as large as the Embracer Group would buy limited run games with the intention of keeping it the size that it is. Yeah, totally. But like do you think they're do you think they are tapping it so that they can limited run gamesify all of their Embracer Group releases so that they all have like cool special editions and physical editions and all this kind of stuff and yeah, that, that, like distribu- distribution network and all that stuff. That's a good stuff. question. I don't know. I do feel like I I've never personally bought anything from limited run games, but I know that 
I feel like on the internet, one of the complaints about it is just there's such a long lead time from you yeah. know when a, a something is purchased or pre-ordered, and then when like the run actually happens, and you know a lo- the logistics and operational aspects of it are maybe not ideal. So maybe that's something they're going to improve. But I don't know. It just seems but like it, a, it's an yeah, interesting acquisition for a company it, this large. That's such a I that almost. I know it is a like an, an issue, but it feels like a feature and not a bug when it comes to limited run games. The name of the company is Limited Run Games. Like, it's sort of something that like you are knowingly engaging with when you buy one of their products, where you're like, it's going to be a little bit of a hassle to get this. It's going to take too long. I'm definitely going to spend too much money. But then like you've got the collector's version of it. Like your passion for the product pays off in you having it. They also bought more studios, including Sings Tricks. Tuxedo Labs, Tripwire Interactive, uh, Tatsujin, which is a Japanese company. Hmm. So interesting that they acquired a Japanese developer. And then Bitwave Games, plus third-party controller and accessory maker Geotech, plus Middle Earth Enterprises. So not directly video game related. Right. This part confuses me. So Middle Earth Enterprises, I guess, I and I don't fully understand this, but like the rights to the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit are a little bit scattered and all over. Yeah, Yeah. they're messy. They're a little bit all over the place. So they do not own the books. They do not own the literary, like, aspect of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and J.R.R. Tolkien's other written works. That's owned by, like, a different group. But what they do own are they now own the exclusive worldwide rights to motion picture, merchandising, stage, and other rights in certain literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien including The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Now, of course, this begs the question, did they buy that from whatever New Line Cinema had become? Or Because Amazon still has a Lord of the Rings show coming out, but, I think, but that's not based on Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. I think Middle Earth Enterprise, as I understand it, yeah. Middle Earth Enterprises was its own like, en- like incorporated its own entity, co- yeah. entity that was created partly to just manage these rights. Yeah. And, and so I believe that this... Amazon show and like have oh, still like has the rights from this company, exactly. which is now owned by the Embracer. Group. Exactly. But Warner brothers and like you said, like new line cinema, like they and MGM, which is now owned by Amazon, like all own partial, some sort of rights yeah. around yeah. the, um, uh, around Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. But I don't know if they're getting that from, uh, this Middle Earth Enterprises or from like the Tolkien estate or from some weird combination of both. Like yeah. it's all really weird. It is all really weird. And like, you know, back when the uh, Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies were coming out, there was a Hobbit game that came out on like Xbox and GameCube and PlayStation 2 probably at the time um, that uh, like it literally it came out the same year as Return of the King, right? Um, and has nothing to do with like that world because it was being published by a company that didn't have the rights to the film version of any of that stuff, but did have access to like the book version. Um, which like even even at that point, like it's such a like just imagine what it takes to like split those rights up into like that minute. And I guess we we see it all the time in like uh, the Marvel stuff, right? Like. You know, there were there were two uh, Quicksilvers running around on on screen in in cinemas for a couple of years, um, so yeah, and Spider Man's and all that kind of stuff. So uh, maybe it's not that weird, but it's also just like what a what a trippy little minefield. Yeah. Well, and so and they so they're promising, you know, with this that they're going to make or that they could, you know, make spinoff movies or new movies based on specific Lord of the Rings characters or. TV shows or now video games. Tom Bombadil rising. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, uh, Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for the Tom Bombadil like spinoff movie. It's going to be so good. It better be like eight hours long and a musical. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The kind of weird thing about the Embracer group is they're weird for me is that they're They've already been huge. Yes. So they have over 100 video game studios previous to this, including Gearbox, mm-hmm. Saber, Saber Interactive. They bought up like the remaining pieces of THQ Nordic when that went out of business a few years ago. Um, so it's been huge, but I don't think I like really understood. I, I wasn't paying any attention to it. I didn't yeah. really understand yeah. how big it was. But now it's like, oh, 
okay, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Knights of the Old Republic remake, that was also talking about the Embracer group. Yeah. group. Like, yeah, it's just, right. it's huge. Yeah, it's it, it's an enormous conglomerate that has like no singular identity, which makes it feel more nefarious where it's like, it's a group so, it's a c- corporation so big, we barely even know it exists yeah. other than when it's like it, Hydra. Yes, it's like Hydra. I was actually going to say like a Leviathan where the only time that we see it is when it surfaces to feed and swallow all these other ships yes. and like Absolutely. incorporate totally. them into itself. Totally. Yeah, it's 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 strange. But it does sort of seem like all the companies that they buy just go about their business as usual though, right? Like I mean, it's hard for me to say because we're not business reporters. And I like I'm really just beginning to grapple with the Embracer group, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah. since Gearbox was bought, I don't know what, you know, has happened to them. Grapple with the Embracer group. I think that's good. <laughs> I think that, that's good wordplay, Mark. <laughs> uh, Kotaku published an article last week detailing sexual harassment claims made against uh, Nintendo of America and the company it uses to hire some of its contract workers called Aston Carter. Uh, Aston Carter has already been part of the two complaints filed against Nintendo with the National Labor Relations Board this year, which I believe we talked about one of them, but I can't remember if we, we definitely talked about one. If we talked about no. the the second one of those complaints. And we'll link to the article, the Kotaku article, because it's uh like detailed and worth reading. And I'm not gonna do a good job of like summarizing all everything that it goes into here. But I felt like um for me reading this like it was bad on two fronts. Mm. One, just how bad and pervasive the issue seems to be at Nintendo of America. And also, just how familiar it sounds to reports about other gaming companies. And like, other entertainment companies. And just companies, other like, yeah. entertainment companies where you're like, this is everywhere. Yeah. Seemingly. Yeah. Seemingly, it's like, how does somebody have a workplace where this does not happen? Um, just some of the anecdotes from the article. So... Uh, there was a like Microsoft Teams gr- server that was created and a mail translator posted inappropriate screenshots related to Pokemon and Genshin Impact. And uh, they were like a full-time... Oh, sorry, sorry. A tester, a female tester at Nintendo of America who was a contractor reported the incident, but they were warned to be less outspoken and that the only repercussion the translator would face was being like assigned sexual harassment training. Another incident, after nine years of working as a contractor for Nintendo, a tester found out, like a more junior, a female tester found out that a more junior male contractor in in her department was making $19 an hour when she was making $16 an hour. After nine years of working with Nintendo? And it took, and she fought. Nine years? She fought for a pay increase for weeks, and she finally got a raise to $18. So not even. Why would anyone be a video game tester? Uh, one woman said she stayed at the same base wage for six years until she got a higher offer somewhere else and threatened to leave. Um, well, that's just smart. <laughs> and then it was <laughs> you should you should always threaten to leave if you don't get a pay raise. And then, uh, just in general, you know, it was said to be an especially bad workplace for queer women. Mm. Um, again, just kind of like really disturbing, unfortunate, sad things to read, but well worth the time to read it. And. Uh, Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser sent out an internal statement to employees that reads in part, quote, we have and will always investigate any allegations we become aware of, and we are actively investigating these most recent claims. Um, He then goes on to encourage people to talk to HR if they have concerns, which is sadly, like, totally bogus. Right, especially because the the contractors don't have that kind of support at NOA. Right, and HR in any company is there to protect the company, yes, not to protect the employees. Um, so Nintendo of America, get it together. Yeah. And, and this is not like when those past reports came out and people were asking Reggie on his press tour and he was like, it's not what it was like when I was there. Well, this is goes back at least 10 years. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's something that has been happening for a long time. Well, and like you can tell that like 
part of the issue, and it, it's certainly not all the issue, but part of the issue is just like the way that the company views their full-time employees versus their their contractor employees, and that like the contractor employees don't matter, right? They don't, uh, they can't get the same kind of benefits that the full-time employees do, and uh, they're not protected or at least like engaged in the same way um, that the, that the full-time employees are. So like for Reggie to say that like that's not the company I knew, like yeah, it probably wasn't for the full-time employees, right? But there are, there are just a mountain of people that are doing as much work or more work sticking around for nine or six or whatever years making no money uh and being treated like crap so like it was absolutely happening under reggie it's totally happening under uh doug bowser um and uh you know like management is hard but like you got to do it um there otherwise what are you what are you doing as president of nintendo of america right like you're not making games you know, you need to keep your ship in order. Um, so yeah, just a, a, a frustrating read, um, but a, a necessary one. Back at the beginning of August, Square Enix hosted a live stream with Live Live director Takashi Tokida and a Resetera user Juburn. Re, Juburn? Juburn? I don't know. Juburn? Juburn. Yeah. Re, translated and summarized what to, Tokida had to say. And there's a couple of bits I want to pull out. So uh, Tokida says that the reason that the live live remake happened is because Nintendo asked Square Enix to put the game on virtual console for its 20th anniversary in 2014. Oh. And some so some people at Nintendo really liked the game and them asking kind of like unearthed it in a way, you know, where wow. it was like, oh yeah, live alive. Oh yeah, we should do live alive. So how do we get someone inside Nintendo to ask Nintendo for like Star Tropics? <laughs> Like, if if that works for like an external studio, why right. why why doesn't it work internally? Or like, um, uh, and I guess that's probably how we got or like, um, uh, Famicom Detective Club, right? Or yeah. like Secret of Evermore. Yes. Somebody needs to get curious about Secret of Evermore. Yes, someone at Nintendo contact if they do an HD 2D <laughs> remake of Secret of Evermore. That'd be wild. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, the reveal of the HD 2D engine was like an aha moment. Mm, where um, they go into the, like the black and white music video. <laughs> I mean, probably not that far <laughs> off. It's like a whole new world. Mm -hmm. He also says that the game structure is lifted is lifted from Dragon Quest Four, which I've never played Dragon Quest Four. It had a DS remake, um, which I think was the first time it was released in English, which I never played. Um, but looking it up, and it was like, oh yeah, uh, it a hundred percent is. Yeah, that one's broken up into like five different chapters where you play as different heroes, and at the end, it all comes together. Yep. in like one super chapter. Super chapter. Um, always nice to get a little bit more information about Live Alive. It is such a uh, a curiosity, even now having played all the way through it. Um, that there are like bits of its like a uh, real world mythology that uh, I, I find fascinating. Like how. How is it this like revered thing in Japan? Well, not being like successful enough to bring over to the states, um, and then like have virtually no profile here until the remake is is released. Even to the point where like people who are plugged in and like know stuff are like, oh yeah, I don't I don't know where this game came from. Yeah. Um, like we were a little bit surprised by it. I had at least heard the name of the game before and had like a brief like outline of it, because um, IGN's Per uh, Per Schneider talks about it from time to time. Um, but usually he talks about it to a dead room, right? Like on uh, the uh, Nintendo voice chat that like no one else can like chime in or like add anything to it because no one else knows about it. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's it's very cool to like actually have the full picture of it now. And I just I just I just wish we knew more about its history. Totally. We have new information on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's Battle Stadium feature, which allows players to battle online. Seems like there's a couple of different ways that you can battle. One is casual battles, which are low stake and the results aren't recorded. And one kind of like special feature about these is that you can use any Pokemon, which I guess is not true in other. I'm speaking totally from like having not experienced right. past versions of this. Yes. So what is new and what is not entirely new, I don't know for sure just kind of basing off i think that's okay yeah we can, just, we can just give the information um the the results of these battles are not recorded unless you record them i just want the record to show that you can go about and start recording the results of casual battles that's right and you'll have that information and pokemon <laughs> won't um just another thing you can lord over this game that's right uh ranked battles just another which, thing we're always which, talking about things you can <laughs> which are return over. hey you need the power balance to be correct <laughs> that's right uh ranked battles which are returning from sword and shield in these battles you're able to 
play against Pokemon trainers around the world. Your rank will change depending on the battle results, so they are recorded. Um, play, trainers are sorted into tiers based on their ranks, and if you get the topmost tier, you can buy to be the best Pokemon trainer in the world. Online competitions, uh, there are tr competitions where trainers can battle with other entrants. So there's official competitions where they'll have like different rules that will be set and that you can compete against how high you can place in the rankings. And then friendly competitions where you hold your own competition or join one set. So basically like one that's official by Game Freak or whoever's programming these. And right. then one where like, I can just set up a competition or I can join somebody else's that they set up. Right. Do you think you can, do you, you hold your own very, very own competition uh, or join one set up by other trainers? Do you think you can set your own like parameters for like max levels or like types or anything yeah, like I that? Yeah, I wonder. I Maybe you can and it, these are also not recorded. Or maybe they are. I don't know. The yeah, thing is you can always record it. You can always do this on your own. We all have phones in our cameras. No cameras in our phones. Look, you have the ability to record whatever you want. Finally, uh, there's a feature called Rental Teams where you can borrow battle teams by inputting IDs that have been shared online. Oh, this and you, is funny. And you can create your own. So basically, you can create your own lineup and make it available for other Pokemon trainers to download by sharing this ID. Uh, and presumably, you wouldn't be able to use those in official competitions, though, right? Yeah, I would guess not. I would guess not as well. But maybe if they're all like Pokemon that are allowed in ranked battles, like maybe. Yeah, maybe. The thing that I like about that is that it feels very much like um, playing a sports game where you're like, you pick a team based on like their lineup and the actual like stats of the real players. Um, you could be emulating someone who is like an actual Pokemon champion uh, that has like battled their group of Pokemon against uh, other players and won. And you'd be like, I want those, I want those guys in my next battle. And then you can just like copy them and have them. Yeah. Depending on how it works, it almost seems like the more appealing way for me to ever try out battle stadium, because I don't think I'm going to, um, really like build a gr super high level competitive team, but if I could borrow one, yeah. I mean the the thing that's interesting about if you're able to set parameters and like level caps and stuff, um, like that would be neat to then uh be like okay, it's only Pokemon under level like twenty or whatever, um, to like try to assemble a strong team that's under twenty and then like not level them up from there, you know? Yeah. Um, again, I don't really know how these things work, but uh, ha having more flexibility in there means that you have like more options on, on how to actually engage with it. Also a new Pokemon for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has been revealed. Cyclozar. It's a dragon normal type has a move called shed tail, which creates a substitution and swaps places with a Pokemon that's in your party and waiting and has like a motorcycle seat, butt, and a wheel like neck waddle thing. Yeah. Which kind of puts it in line with the legendary Pokemon that also have, like, tires as parts of their body. Right, like, which is, they're Why also, they just like, dragon-like looking things, right? Yeah, yeah, he just seems like the not-special version of what they do. He likes the, he looks like, yeah, he's like the, if these legendaries had evolutions, it, he would be, like, the... Yes, he'd be the starting version uh -huh, of them. the yeah. starting version. Um... So what's going on here? Why are there so many motorcycles in this game? Why isn't it Pokemon Motorcycle? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What, but we will have to be on the lookout for more of this, like, um, automobile theme. Because mm. maybe it just, like, runs through the whole thing. Yeah, po Pokemon Car and Pokemon Bicycle. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Industry analyst group NPD released their report for th of the best-selling video games and hardware in the United States in July. Switch was the best-selling console in units. The PS5 led by dollar amount. This has become status quo, by the way, um, that uh, Switch s sells more units, PS5 sells more dollars. And I think, I know for sure that for the year to date, Switch is the best-selling unit console in units, and I would guess that year to date, the P PlayStation 5 leads by dollar amount. It's just more expensive to buy one. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which uh, had two days of tracking in their report, came in as no the number four best-selling game of the month. Though if any fan base is going to be buying the game in the first two days, it's going to be the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 fan base. For sure. Mario Kart 8 is number seven. 
Kirby in the Forgotten Land, number 11. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, number 12. Animal Crossing New Horizons, number 13. Wow. Pokemon Legends Ar- Arceus, number 15. And Nintendo Switch Sports, number 16. And as always, none of these include digital sales. Um, pretty incredible. Uh, just as, as always, that uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, Animal Crossing, and Mario Kart 8 uh, continue to sell the way that they sell. Also, Live Alive didn't chart in the overall top 20, but was number eight on the Switch charts. Uh, well, that's good. I mean, it, it feels like uh, it was always going to be a, a niche release anyway. Um, and I think it is a game where like word of mouth is a little necessary for it. Because um, I don't know that it shows the best to like an audience that isn't already expecting it or already prepared to like accept what it is. It's so specific. Yeah. Japanese newspaper Nikkei reports that Nintendo is going to shrink the packaging on the standard Nintendo Switch by 20% starting this month. The goal is to improve transportation efficiency so they can ship more consoles for less uh, over the holidays. Uh, They also want to appeal to customers who are environmentally conscious. Mm -hmm. Um, The report also says that Nintendo plans to use air freight to ship consoles for the holidays again this year. Uh, which would be less environmentally conscious. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the, the uh, CO2 emissions of airplanes versus... Um, oh, it's way car- higher. Like, car- <laughs> like cargo than, liners. Than cargo. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's more efficient to ship something via water than it is by air. Because here's the thing. You don't have to, like, push up with uh, engines to keep a ship from sinking. Like, the ship just goes... Finally. Did I explain? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does, does that make sense? Am uh, I making sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were quick to move on, so I, and I appreciate that. Well, I, I think I, I think because um, with that clear in scientific explanation. A boat floats, all right? <laughs> a boat floats in hope the water. Hope also floats. Hope also floats, uh-huh. but they can't ship these things by hope. While you were sleeping. <laughs> Tin cup? I love while you were sleeping. <laughs> I think that's a great movie. Um, but yes, it made sense to me. Peter Gallagher's amazing eyebrows are in there. Um, but a plane doesn't fly in the air unless you expend a ton of energy to put it up there. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> My best friend's wedding. Finally, the Game Awards have been announced for Thursday, December 8th mm-hmm. at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. Nintendo hasn't really participated in this event for a few years. But with Breath of the Wild 2 supposed to release in spring 2023, maybe this year we'll see something. Maybe this year we'll see something. Um, coincidentally, mm. Thursday, December 8th is also the date of the Nintendo Cartridge Society's third annual Cartridge Awards. That's right. Colloquially so known as the, the Cardi. Yes, the, the save Cardies. the date for the Cardies. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on put it on the I'm I'm putting this on watch now. Okay. Um, a Nintendo Direct, a September Direct. Okay. Something that we normally anticipate a, a September Direct of some kind. I think we're due it after Splatoon comes out. Okay, so we're thinking like second half of September. Uh, I think mid September. Okay. So right now. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stake my claim on a date, but yeah, sometime middle-ish of September, I think we're due a direct. I mean, that'd be awesome. Let's have it, right? Let's do it. Um, all right, Mark, let's close out the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter or any place where you share stuff. We appreciate it a lot when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.